Hello, Fuse. How are we doing tonight? Good, that was pretty lame. How are we doing tonight? Good. Well, I'm so excited that you guys are here. And hey, I just want to say um, a massive welcome. Fuse is so much better because you are here tonight. I truly believe that. And there's no accident um, that you are here. So whether you're in the room on Anderson or whether you're anywhere across the state of South Carolina, Rock Hill, Hilton Head, Greenville, wherever you are, um, I'm so pumped. Hey, Anderson, can we say hey to everybody that's joining us across the state and online? We love you guys so much, um, and I just love that Fuse is a family. So whether you are at home and you're quarantined, you are still part of the family. And as I was praying about tonight, um, I really felt like there were going to be some people here for the very first time. So maybe in the room here in Anderson, or maybe you're at another campus, um, and I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're thinking, what have I stumbled across? Who is this Australian girl? Where am I? My friend told me that it was going to be something completely different. I just want to ask you, will you open up your heart? Will you just ask God to reveal himself to you? Maybe you don't want anything to do with this guy named Jesus. That's okay. You don't have to believe to belong here tonight. But I do believe that he does want to reveal himself to you. So would you just open up your heart and you might just be surprised. Does that sound good? Awesome. Well, we are jumping into a new series. Um, have you guys enjoyed the past series that we've done this year? Can you believe it's December? No. Okay, you guys have to give me some like feedback tonight, all right? You need to tell me that you're here. I want to speak to you. Speak back to me. But we're starting a series called The Life of Jesus. And basically what we're doing is we're looking and we're examining what did Jesus' life look like on earth? And all throughout, um, I suppose, the Bible, we get to explore different themes. The Old Testament, we get to explore, you know, what did it mean when Jesus died on the cross and he rose three days later? But today, we are starting off, what does the life of Jesus look like? What does his human, um, his human experience look like? And I'm super pumped to jump in. So will you pray with me before we start? God, right now, I just thank you. Um, that you are here, that you are alive, that you defeated death. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to every single heart. I pray that you speak through me, that it has nothing to do with what I would say, God, and everything to do with what you would want to say. God, we love you and we honor you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in every single space, every single room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, we're gonna jump right in. Are you ready to jump right in? We don't have a lot of time tonight. We're gonna do communion on the back end, worship. Tonight's a little bit different, so I'm gonna be quick, but we wanna come around this idea, right, of Jesus, his life. We, we wanna come around this idea that he was fully God and fully man. So I pray that whenever anybody is up here speaking, you wouldn't just take our word for it, but you would wanna explore this in the Bible for yourself. So we're gonna read some scriptures so you know I'm not just making something up, okay? So we're gonna start off in Colossians 1 verse 15. And it says, he is the image of the invisible God. So right now, this is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So we're kicking off and we're talking about the fact that the God of the universe has now decided that he has got a plan to rescue humanity 
which means that he is going to come and he is going to dwell amongst us. And so oftentimes I think we ask, well, what does God look like? What, what does he look like? And I'm not meaning like, is he tall? Is he short? Is he skinny? Is he fat? Although, you know, I do wonder a lot about that and your mind can go down a hundred million rabbit trails. But what does he look like? And my answer for you tonight is God looks like Jesus. We get to see throughout the scripture the life of Jesus, and this is God. Jesus is God. And I know it's a crazy thought to wrap your head around, but here it is telling us that Jesus is God in human form when he decided to come be with us in humanity. We get to see the invisible God become visible through Jesus. So I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about it tonight. We go on to read Colossians 1 verse 19, the fact that God chose to be human. And it says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So basically, we're reading here that God was happy, he was pleased to dwell in a human body, that he was ready and he knew that this was the plan and he was excited to meet us in our humanity. I don't know about you, but I sometimes criticize every part of my humanity and I think, well, I just can't wait to get one day to go to heaven and be done with with this. What if I told you that God loves your humanity so much so that he decided to join us in our humanity? Isn't that wild? He loves you. He thinks you're amazing. I believe that there's girls and guys in the room and you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. And I wasn't planning on saying this, but I want you to know that God loves your humanity and he fashioned and he crafted you to look exactly how you look and to operate exactly how you operate. And I'm so excited about that. But so we know that God chose to send his only son, Jesus, that Jesus is God. It's part of the mystery of the Trinity. But what if I told you that the life of Jesus on earth was both miraculous and ordinary? What if I told you that it was miraculous because God himself is now a baby, like what? But what if I told you it was ordinary as well? What do you mean ordinary? Well, when we look at the life of Jesus, and we're gonna explore this all throughout the series, so we're gonna dive in deeper every single week, but when we look at ordinary, we know Jesus was a carpenter. Do you guys know any carpenters in the room? Like, do you know, if you're in the room or on a campus, do you know any carpenters? Okay, yes, all right, there's not many carpenters apparently in Anderson, but there are. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus had a mom and a dad. Isn't that wild? Jesus ate, he literally sat down and he ate food. We're talking about the God of the universe. He ate, Jesus slept. Do you ever feel like, man, I can't go to sleep, I've got too much going on. What if I told you the God of the universe slept? He did everyday ordinary things, but then the God of the universe, Jesus, when he was on earth, his life was miraculous. It was ordinary, but it was miraculous. He healed the blind, he walked on water, he rose from dead, and ultimately he was the savior of humanity. Incredible. So where does it start? Where does the life of Jesus start? We're gonna rewind the clock to figure out what did it begin with? And we saw that roll in and I mean, that was the cutest little baby you've ever seen in your life, am I right? Amen. Okay, I'm biased if you didn't know that was my son. So of course I think he's the cutest thing ever. But we're gonna read about Jesus as a baby. So I know this is a lot, 
Are you guys still with me? Can you give me an amen? Greenville, can you give me an amen? Amen. I'm believing in faith that you just said amen. All right, so Luke 2 verse 1 um, to 7. We're going to skip along and we're actually going to start in verse 5 and we're going to learn about Jesus as a baby. As the world this Christmas stops to look at Jesus as a baby, we're going to read about him. Okay, it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee. So right now, Mary and Joseph. Mary is pregnant, miraculously. A virgin um, is pregnant. This is high school fuse, so we know that that is wild, right? A virgin is pregnant, amen? Crazy. You can't convince me now that you, you know, are having a virgin birth. It's been done. Okay, so, and Joseph also went up from Galilee. They had to go to their hometown for a census. Um, So they're on a journey from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. So they had to go back to almost like their hometown, where they were from, to be able to do the census. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, so they were engaged, um, who was with child, so she was pregnant with Jesus. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Can we pause? This, this doesn't make it sound dramatic, but giving birth is dramatic. I gave birth seven months ago. It's not just, and the time came to give birth. I mean, this is real. Mary is about to give birth. You can imagine there might be some screaming, there's some labor pains. She's probably saying, Joseph, hurry up. You can imagine. Okay, so she's about to give birth. Um, and then she gave birth once again. That is extreme. She gave birth um, to her first son and to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So basically, they are searching, they are searching. They can't find anywhere to stay. They end up in a manger where animals are living, and that is where Mary gives birth, where the start of the life of Jesus on planet Earth begins. I don't know about you, but I can read that, and I can think, wow, amazing, you know, Jesus was a baby. Let's skip that and get to when he's an adult. Does anybody else kind of it's easy for you to go there. You think around Christmas time, you've got the manger, you've got the scene, and you think cute, maybe for like 0.5 seconds, Jesus was a baby. But then, you know, he grew up and he started doing miracles. Jesus' quote-unquote ministry started when he was 30. So we're looking at a lifetime of Jesus embracing the ordinary, embracing the, the king of the universe's universe coming as a baby. Now, like I said, I gave birth seven months ago, six months ago to the cutest little baby on planet Earth. You got to see him. But I thought, what better way for us to wrap our head around Jesus as a baby than for us to actually understand what Jesus did and what he embodied when he, when he became a body. So do you want to, when he became a baby, do you want to meet my baby? All of that to say, I have got my baby here to help teach us what Jesus was. Hi, Elijah. Can you say hey? Ooh, all these people. Ooh, big smiles. So, this season has taught me so much about mother, motherhood, babies, and just exactly what babies are. I mean, for so long, I wanted to skip over the part in the Bible where Jesus was a baby and thought, that is so fun, so great, let's get to the miracles. But the miracle that I don't want us to miss is that Jesus came as a baby. 
that the Savior of the world didn't come as maybe we expected him to come. I don't know about you, but if I was God, I probably would have decided to come with trumpets blasting, me coming maybe on like a mat with fire. I don't know why a mat with fire came to my mind, but it did. You know, I would want it to be blasted all over Instagram or the equivalent. You know, I'd want there to be letters going out. People had been waiting and embracing this moment for so long. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were expecting it to be this wild, crazy announcement. But there Mary was, with, with Joseph, she couldn't even find a place to give birth. She had to give birth amongst the animals. And that is how the Savior of the world, that is how Jesus decided to come be with us. He embraced humanity and he did it for you and he did it for me. And he decided that he would be the greatest servant of all because the reality is Eli is amazing, right? He's so cute. I love him. I think he's the best. Yeah, I do. Also, how fun is a mom? Oh, yes. How, how fun is a mom's voice? I listen to myself and I'm like, oh. But, you know, when you're a mom, you got to have a mom's voice. But the reality is he can't do anything, right? Jesus decided to come as a baby, but Jesus would have had to humble himself to the point where he would have been dependent on Mary and Joseph for literally everything. Eli doesn't provide a thing to my household. He doesn't. I provide everything. I provide his food. I provide his diapers. I clean his butt. I do everything. We bath. Like, that is the reality. Like, I can put him down right now, right? Also, he just learned how to sit, and it's amazing. It's a game changer, right? And I can say, Eli, you want to hop in the car and go get me McDonald's? Eli, do you, um, you know, do you want to perform a miracle? Um, Eli, do you want to turn water into wine? Eli, I heard there's some sick people in the room. Can you, you know, hurry up and get to it? Eli can't. Jesus was the same because he was a baby. He embraced the ordinary and the miraculous at the same time. And the miraculous is that he decided that you were good enough, that you were worthy enough, that you were his child, that he had to meet us where we were so that we would be able to live forever. Because he knew there was no other way for us to be reconciled to God than for him to come as a baby, to live a life, to die on the cross so that we could live forever with him. Isn't that wild? We think that it's going to be this huge Simba moment and it's going to be like, ah, Savannah, but it wasn't. It was in the ordinary. And I just love the fact that God is part of the ordinary. See, Jesus wasn't the king the world was looking for. He was birthed, he wasn't birthed in a palace. He was born in obscurity. He was rejected from birth by his own creation but it was miraculous and it was ordinary at the same time. It was, it was miraculous because Mary was a virgin. It was ordinary because Mary was a poor teenage girl. It was miraculous because the king of creation was born. It was the ultimate royal birth, but it was ordinary because the king of life was coming into a world in a manger. 
was miraculous because the baby would become the savior of humanity, but it was ordinary because his first bed was a feeding trough. All right, can you guys say thank you to Eli? You're amazing. All right, so what does that mean for us today? What does it mean, the fact that Jesus' life was ordinary and miraculous. It means that your life can be ordinary and miraculous. And it means that if we are found in Jesus, we don't have to live in the tension of, man, it's ordinary, it's boring, because that's where God is. But we don't have to live in the tension of everything needs to be a miracle. And if it's not a miracle, I must not be living in the the will of God, because He's in both. He is in both. And I want to remind you of that Tonight, so the ordinary of our lives, did you know that we spend 25 years sleeping? I think for some of us in the room, it's trending towards maybe like 30 years sleeping. I know how late you sleep in, right? Right? You spend 82 days brushing your teeth. You spend 4.5 years eating food, and I don't even want to know how long and how many days and how many years when it comes out that we would have been on our phones. I don't even want to know. So we live in this ordinary and we think it's not relevant, but what if I told you that that's exactly where God wants to meet you? If coming into the earth as a baby was good enough for Jesus and was his master plan, then I think we can start embracing our ordinary. But we've got the miraculous and the ordinary combining because we've got the miraculous. If we believe in Jesus, we have the spirit of God dwelling inside of us which means the same miracles that we saw Jesus do, we have the power through God to be able to see happen today. Isn't that crazy? I love that we see the miraculous in the ordinary when we're going through painful moments, when heartache feels too hard to bear and suddenly we're surrounded by peace that doesn't make sense. That's the miraculous in the ordinary. It's finding those everyday moments and realizing that Jesus is right there and his life had reflected it the whole way, the whole time. So not only is this the essence of Jesus' teaching and life, that he came to live a life with skin on, that the God of the universe decided that he would live and show us his humanity. That was his plan all along that we would know that we have a God that wants to meet us right where we are. And the crazy thing is, he is the author of every moment. He is in it all and he has experienced it all. So ultimately, we have a God who is intimately, intimately, he is intimately concerned with our humanity. He is intimately interested. He is intimately involved in our humanity. It says here in Hebrews 4 verse 15, it's gonna be on the the screen. It says, for we do not have a high priest, so it's talking about God. We do not have a God who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So when you stop and you think about it, and the essence of what this verse is saying is essentially, we don't have a God who is far off. We don't have a God who maybe um, the world was expecting to sit on a seat, to never interact with us, and to never be interested in us. We have the opposite. We have a God that came 
He experienced life. He came as a baby. He became a boy. He became a man. He died on the cross. He rose three days later and he experienced humanity and he showed us a way to live, but he did it all without sin. So it means that we have someone who knows, who gets it. God gets it. He's not far off. His his humanity means that he can relate to you. It means he knows exactly what you're going through. We don't have a God that we pray to that doesn't understand pain. We don't have a God that we pray to that doesn't understand temptation, that doesn't understand loneliness, that doesn't understand friendship, that doesn't understand joy, that doesn't understand, you know, brushing your teeth. He's done it all. And yet he meets us where we're at and he reminds us that we're never alone in any of it. So tonight, would we remember that we have a God who chose you, he knew your name before the beginning of time and he wanted you to be human and he loves your humanity. And more than that, he knows exactly what you're going through when you're going through it. A little baby decided Jesus decided to come to save us from our sins and it was through the form of a little baby. I don't know about you, but I will never look at a manger scene or a baby the same again. But now I know that God loves me enough that He would do it all so I could spend forever with Him. So as the world comes around and we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Jesus as a baby, would you be reminded that He came for you and He knows what you're going through. Maybe this Christmas season looks different for you. Maybe it feels lonely. Maybe it feels hard. Maybe it feels a little bit scary. Maybe coronavirus has rocked your family and and, and you're currently in quarantine and you're watching this online. God knows and He cares. And He wants to speak to you tonight and He wants to be involved in your life and He wants to tell you that He has overcome the world. So the Bible doesn't tell us that we won't have troubles, but it does tell us that God will be with us through those. And maybe for you, everything's great and you are full of joy. I pray that is the case. God wants to have a blast with you because He wants to embrace that and He knows what that's like as well. Isn't that wild? So we have a God that cares. We have a God that loves you, that loves me, that chose us enough to be able to lay down some of his privileges so that he could come, be a baby, he could be reliant on somebody else to ultimately grow up so we could live forever with him. Isn't that cool? We're gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion on our campuses, we're gonna worship and we're gonna reflect on the fact that Jesus had a life and his life was for us. And maybe you're one of the people that I spoke to earlier, and this is your first time ever at Fuse. I pray that you would see that if it was only you, Jesus would have humbled himself to become a baby just so you could live an eternity with him forever. I really hope that you can see that because he did it all for you. He did it all for me. He did it all for us. So let's pray together. God, right now I thank you that you would send your one and only son, that we don't have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with us, but we have someone, we have a God, the God of the universe who cares for us, who loves us and knows exactly what we're going through. 
So thank you that you came as a baby, that you grew to be a boy and you grew to be a man and, and you showed us what love looked like. I thank you that you are love. So this Christmas season, will we be reminded of your life and what it means for us? Thank you that we can live in, in, the, in the balance of an ordinary and a miraculous life, that there are no ordinary moments, God, because you're in them and therefore they're miraculous. The ordinary becomes miraculous, but we embrace the ordinary for what it is because you showed us that the ordinary is good too. We love you so much. We thank you. God, as we worship at our campuses, would we be reminded of just how much you love us, that you would send your son for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, if you're in Anderson, we're gonna sing. And if you're at a campus, you're either gonna sing as well or a fuse pastor is gonna come up and share a little bit. But I'm excited to sing. Let's remember the fact that we have a high priest. He's interested in us today. <laughs>